Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. And Alex Bonilla. Hello. Today we will be discussing the 21st episode of Fruits Basket, I Never Back Down from a Wave Fight. Warning, spoilers for everything that has aired up to this point. Some of us have read the manga, some of us have seen the early 2000s version of the anime, but we won't be spoiling anything beyond episode 21. You can find out more information about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. The link is on our website or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. All right. Tell me why Hana Jima is just so great. Um, <laughs> because she really is. She really is. But no, uh, what are your general thoughts on this episode, uh, Alex? Okay, I'm going first. Um, I find it interesting that so far I've only been brought on to talk about episodes involving Toru's closest friends. So, yeah. That, <laughs> um, this yeah, is... that was just, it's a happy coincidence. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought I was specifically brought on to talk about Uo-chan and Hanajiba because apparently that's my expertise. But anyways, um, this episode is interesting in that I think Fruits Basket doesn't do comedy as well as it thinks it does like i feel like this was meant to be a lighter episode and i was just like i don't know if i'm like enjoying this as much as it wants me to enjoy this and like also i guess because i was going in thinking like oh okay this is a hanajima specific episode but then there's a lot of time spent on the other girls that i don't care about so it's just it took it it, it took me a while to get past that, but there are good Hana moments in this episode, especially at the end. Like, it gives you a lot to think about with regards to how different people view friendships as they evolve around you. So, like, there, there's stuff there that made me think, and I like that part of Fruits Basket. But at the same time, I feel like a Hanajima episode, I was kind of expecting... Maybe I set the bar too high for myself personally, but like I was expecting more fun or or m- more deep into the weirdness where I, I feel like I didn't really do either thing as far as I wanted it to go for someone as extreme as Hanajima has been in the past. So it, 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 it was definitely an interesting episode, and I don't think it was bad by any means, but it's just like Hanajima is like such an interesting background character. It feels weird that that she got kind of a low-key episode. Now we finally got to her standalone, as opposed to Uo-chan, who got like a big two-parter. It was very emotional. So like the juxtaposition is interesting with regards to how the show has treated the friends of Toru so far. Right, right. What about you, Michelle? Um, I was also surprised this wasn't an origin story episode for Hanajima. Uh, I'm kind of convinced maybe we're going to be getting that next episode, though. I don't think we're quite done with Hana, and Mm. maybe we'll find out how she got to be friends with Toru, because honestly, that's still pretty interesting to me, especially because Hanajima is, like, of the two, the, the most, like, superficially, like, out there seeming person Although, of course, like, Uchan's got, like, all her other stuff going on in the background, which we know a lot more about now. Um, 
I, I I feel like fine about this episode. Yeah, I, I agree with Alex that um focusing on the three mean girls for so much of the episode takes some of my pleasure out of the episode. <laughs> just because it, it's it's really hard to like enjoy them when they just hate Toru so much. And like I, I get that like they, they all have crushes on Yuki and they have this fan club and their fan club is like Silly and ridiculous and mostly harmless, but maybe not entirely harmless. I don't know. Maybe they're going to get like more bold now. Or maybe they're going to back off because of the hashtag curse they might have actually gotten. But <laughs> the hashtag curse. I, I do like the idea that the three of them are just like, they believe so hard that like Hanajima's like a demon queen that maybe they're just like forcing all this like stuff on themselves like giving themselves nightmares and like you know all like i think that's like pretty funny just that their imaginations are like running away with them but i mean it was it was nice to see the brother i love that he's like basically the same as hanajima but hanajima talks about him like he's totally different and has like no similarity to her at all um yeah, I mean, like, of the last few episodes we've had, like, I feel like this one was the most, I mean, easy to watch, I guess. Like, the easiest to consume, just, like, on a, a viewership level. But, I mean, I I was so high on the Uochan stuff. And I, I don't think we necessarily need, like, to get super deep emotional things for episodes to matter. But this one felt just kind of okay. Like, not not great, but not bad, but just kind of somewhere in the middle. Okay. Okay. I mean, hearing you both talk about it d- did help make me feel like, oh, th- yeah, you're right. This isn't like that big of an episode. Maybe it's because I just really disliked like this last run of episodes since the Uochan yeah. episode that it's been kind of like, oh, finally, we get something decent. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Not thinking, oh, but this is just okay. Because um, it isn't the best of uh, Fruits Basket. And I do agree that th- I would have ra- like. I would have rather the episode, I think it would have been funnier if the episode was just of how normal Hanajima's family was. Oh my god, yes! Because I thought that's what what was going to happen because we got this like very bl- brief like look into her family when they were, it was like on holiday, right? There was New like Year's some sort of, of yes! Yeah. And they looked all normal except for her. So I was like, oh, maybe it's just going to be really funny like gag throughout the episode of just like, these girls hyping up Hanajima to be this like demonic queen and it's just like she's like the most normal of people she or like her family's just completely normal and she just is the one that has these like crazy powers like that's what I wanted like I don't even think she used her waves like once this episode like legit really use them as we've seen her in previous episodes and if you're gonna name an episode I never back down from a wave fight Give me a wave fight, even if it's like minuscule. Just give me something. But um, but yeah. The so. thing is, was it ever gonna be a fight when she's like such an expert, and these are like three like you you not like three right. very weak right. weak minded teens? Totally. Like, what kind of a fight is that? But you know, she could have like you know played with them, let them think they had control, and then just well, like, I think she is no. playing with them in this oh, episode. Oh, no, she is, but, like, is, yeah. I wanted, but I wanted more waves, is what I'm saying. Like, more, like, <laughs> to show... Maybe she just, like, while she's getting them tea, it just all suddenly, like, I don't know, she levitates it. I don't know, but point is, 
Oh my god, no, that's true. Like, what if she had done like parlor trick magic with them? Yeah. And, and she had all this fake magic in her room. Like, yeah, like watch me levitate this thing. And it's totally fake. It's like on strings or something, but they buy it. Right. Like, oh my god, see, your powers are real. Or like you could have gotten to this huge psyche. Cause I feel like um also Hanajima was alone with like before Todu and before Uochan. Like she she also has dealt with like her own like loneliness and she's gone through her own stuff so i i don't know i didn't see the the sneak peek for the next episode so i don't know if we're gonna get another one focusing on her but you know i i thought oh well maybe instead of this being an episode where you just have these mean girls like going to her house because for whatever silly reason that they're going through or they're do they have i thought it was gonna go into the whole Oh, people miss like have assumptions about Hanajima. People think she's weird, and this isolates her. And we're gonna deal with that. If we're even if we're it could even have played with the whole gag of like them thinking that she's like weird, and then her being like, actually, no, her life is actually really normal. And then it could be that whole thing, or it could have done something. I don't know. I just think I really enjoyed the episode, but I think. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it had it come directly after, say, Uo-chan's episodes. And I just enjoy it because it's not the previous ones we've gotten. Yeah, I I feel like maybe there's more coming with Hanjima. So I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm not super down because I feel like we're probably going to get more context. I, I do think it's interesting that Toru is like kind of maybe more of a... a, a prominent plot thing in this episode than she initially was in Uchan situation. Maybe just also because it's present day and like Yuki's like also kind of a plot thing just like by nature of the fan club being so prominent. But yeah, I don't know. I mean... I mean, it's interesting yeah. you say that because like Toru was much more present in the Uchan episodes even though it's like, yeah, maybe she, it's, maybe the plot kind of spurs more on, on on her and like why they go after uh Hanajima is because they're at the, at the end of the day they're jealous of Todu. Mm-hmm. Um she's barely in this episode. Ne- and the solos like, are barely in yes, this episode. True. Like the, the only char- the main characters of this episode are Hanajima and the three girls that I can't even for the life of me remember their names. I know um Motoki and Mio like the, and someone the else. Head one and then the other yeah. two. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But <laughs> What's her um, <laughs> but, what, but yeah, so that's like interesting, worth like I don't know. It's um it was a decision the show made. Um and we respect that choice, I guess. Um but let's talk about this kind of um I guess, is this episode kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen in the episode, in eventual, like, story? Because here we have people wanting to hurt Toru. Yeah, it's a bunch of girls who are just jealous. But people wanting to hurt Toru, and then you have the friend defending, the the, the friend protecting her, even though she realizes that the friend is going through stuff. Um, is do, would would it be so far to say that this little arc of an episode is going to foreshadow what eventually the Somas are going to do for Toru or no? Uh, I guess you could stretch it to that. I think like 
in general, this show is treating Toru like someone that needs, which I don't think feels right. But like, if it feels like they're treating her like someone who needs to be prote- protected by everyone around, like all her friends are like it, it, gravitating towards that. That's what Uo Chan does for Toru. That's what Hanajima does. Event that this is that's what Yuki and Kyo are doing for her, and like she, the Toru they often default to, to the space cadet stereotype of like, she doesn't know what's going on around her. But so like in that sense, you, you could call it foreshadowing, but I think this is just like a continuation of how the show treats Toru from the outside. Like when, when she's not on screen, but people are talking about her, that just seems like the kind of way they talk about her. Like someone, either you're on the side of we need to protect her or she's an easy target. That seems to be like the two ways that people talk about Toru outside of the, outside of to her face. Yeah. And I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a, it can't, I can see how it can get very grating, but then there's those moments you have of Toru, like very much being aware she's not so much a space cadet because she's very much aware yeah that, that's the thing like when she's on screen you get a bit more of a depth to her character like the way she treats other characters in her conversation those are great which is why it gets grating when people are talking about her and it's going around the same issues right right michelle do you th- what do you think of this kind of like treatment of todu in a way i mean <sighs> I don't think that she necessarily needs people to protect her. I I always read that as just like the, the benefit of being such a good friend and such a genuine person is that people are more likely to care more about you and come to your aid when like an opportunity might present itself. And I do agree like I mean Hiro's the biggest example of us seeing like somebody directly kind of like have it in for her even if it was like mostly harmless and just kind of like relatively unpleasant to see but even that she she ended up handling herself like she talked him through his own thing and he kind of warmed up to her towards the end of the episode so i feel like she's perfectly capable of managing the average person on her own but it's like nice when her friends come to help her but i think it's more of like that's what friends do for each other not necessarily something that's like like special for toru because she she doesn't like know what's going on or anything so i don't know i i I think she's doing fine i mean i do think that especially if it comes to like akito she's definitely gonna need a support system just because like he's such a force to be reckoned with and no one's been able to withstand him at all and something i mean he he already like dislikes her since she pushed him so i mean that that's like one situation where i could see her really needing help but i think like in general the show's done a really good job of like showing her the way like the average person might see her as like the hashtag space cadet but then like countering that with all these obvious signs that she like does know what she's doing and her being so authentic is part of her charm and why people like her and want to help her, but it, it doesn't take away from her own agency. And that's again, like why Momiji's so great. Cause he like gets that about her right away. And he's always been there to reinforce like, no, like, she's great. And why would you want to, why would you want her to be any other way? Why, why wouldn't you want to help her instead of like thinking the way she's a weakness? So right. I, I don't really consider it a weakness necessarily, but I can see how like it can be frustrating. 
Yeah. But, like, again, like, I just see, like, her friends coming to her age as a science, how much they care about her and how worth it they just think she is based on how she's treated them, their entire friendship so far. And, I mean, I don't know if it would go as far as to say that this episode, Hanajima protected her because they mm-hmm. went after Hanajima. They weren't going after Toru. They were like, we have to take down this girl so we, we can eventually... Take down her first- yeah, right, so, like, so we can take down Toru. And then when... I mean, if Hanajima, and this is... I think this is the counter to the whole like protection thing, protection thing, at least when it comes to Hanajima. If she was trying to protect Toru, like the girls said it themselves. They're like, oh, so you're going to tell her to stay away from Yuki, right? You're going to keep her away from Yuki because that's what protecting means. And she's like, no, I'm going to let her do what she wants. Mm. Um, so th- I think that's the difference. And I guess I, for me, I just wouldn't find it as grating if Toru wasn't also actively helping people. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, if you have, if it, if the show had only been, oh, here's this girl who's just like really nice, but these guy and these men, these like guys just like come to surround her and then find her niceness, like and kindness, like attractive, but then they just nothing from that kindness like impacts them emotionally or helps them grow as people, and they just keep trying to protect her. Then sure, I'd have a problem. But Toto's done like a bunch of stuff. That kind of is like, well, she's protecting them in a way. Like, the whole thing with, like, Akito, where she pushes him, that is her protecting Yuki, yeah. if I've ever seen it. So it's not like it's, like, mm-hmm. a one-sided thing. Um, and she, and for the little, I mean, like, this is one of the rare episodes where she's barely in it. Um, so I think, like, yeah, there's some protection happening with her, but I guess maybe that's why it just doesn't grate me as much, because... She's doing it too. Like everyone's helping each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's an important piece of like knowing what Toru has done to like earn that respect and that care from her friends, which is why I feel like it's a missed opportunity in this episode where like uh, Hanajima t- uh, snaps back at the girls like, hey, do you even know who Toru is? But like we don't really get get like Hanajima kind of laying out like why Toru would be close with Yuki in the first place. Maybe because they're not they're just not able to be reasoned with and it would be a waste of time. That's also a possibility. But like I feel like that that would have been a, a good way to, you know, like actually like loop in the fact that Toru is actually this very complete person and like laying it out for these people who only see Toru as as like someone to be jealous of that that have been a good a good moment for for Hanajima to stand up for her friend. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think know. it I think it comes down to I mean I think that's true. Actually, if like again if we if this if the story was interested in like Montoko and her squad getting a redemption or something, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm not sure it's quite interested in that. And I think again yeah. like the show knows that like we as viewers by this point totally get like why Toru is a valuable person and, and we don't need to be further convinced. And maybe that's why her, like her words are just out there standing on their own without giving us a direct example. But like, again, if we got another Hanajima episode, I'd really like to see how Toru won her over. Yeah. Cause like, obviously there's something there. I will say like the thing that really got to me is when she's like, you like, yeah, one, you don't know Toru. You're just like, I think they're probably only able to hate her because they don't know her at all. But also she's like, and over someone as trivial as Yuki, which like (laughs) says so much about how much she values Toru and how important she is to her in her own personal life. Cause it's like, 
we, we've never really had anyone just you came the whole show. Um, and I think like yeah, except for I Kyo, mean, except for Kyo, except for Kyo, but we Kyo has like his own <laughs> reasons for that. And I don't know. I think there's something kind of powerful about the way she's kind of like you know, like Yuki's kind of what like, and she like apologizes to him afterwards, and he like doesn't even know what, what to make of that. But like, I don't know. I think it's kind of a nice mo where it's just like Toru's legit awesome. And for you to hate her because of this other guy who's just like whatever, I mean, you're you you guys are really missing out. I think well, that's I, mean, cool. I will say, and maybe it's because maybe it's because I'm just cruel, but I think there's a, a there is more of an edge for her to attack their love for Yuki than it is for her to say, but you're missing out on how lovely uh, uh, Toru is. I Absolutely. think, like, in, like, yeah. Toru would just be, if Toru had been the one trying to defend herself against these girls, she would win them over with this, her kindness, like she always does. Which, by the way, I kind of like that we don't see her winning uh, Hana, Hanajima over because maybe the only, maybe she was just nice to her and she didn't see her, she didn't treat her differently. And Hanajima's just like, all right, I'm just going to chill with you. Like, with Hanajima, oh, I want it to be, real. like, the most <laughs> normal thing possible because that counters everything people assume of her. But, um, but yeah, I just think like her attacking their love for him, I think is the most hitting him where it hurts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's how she can attack them. Cause she can go on and on about, about, about how great Toru is, or Toru can just show them as she always does. But by her going after their love for Yuki, by questioning it, by saying, how dare, like, how can you even like inform, like her and her brother? Just the moral of the story is basically don't force your love of someone on them um, and that your love isn't an excuse for being horrible. It's like that to me is like the best way that she could have gotten through to them. Even if she didn't get through to them, like that to me is like the most. Yeah. Like that's the knife to the heart for to them to say like, do you actually even really love him? Like, do you? Is that what you're doing, love? Which is a really interesting question. Brings in a lot of stuff. But before we get into that. I do want to ask, like, what are your thoughts on her little brother? Because <laughs> he's great, but yes, he is. But like, I don't know. I, I again, I kind of wish he he had been like not gifted in the dark arts as well. I think he might be the only one because the the second brother we see seems super normal compared to them. Oh my god, I want a show of. With the with the bro, with the normal brother as the focus, and just having him being like, "These are my siblings. <laughs> they're the great." Life. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. But um, but Alex, do you have any thoughts on her younger brother, or do you uh, not care about him? Yeah, I mean, he he's he's fine. Uh, he's got uh, he's the one who gets to deliver the moral line. He does. He does. <laughs> so that, that that's a that's a that's a choice, you know. Um. Uh, him creeping in the closet is a, a classic uh, creepy move. So good, good for him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like he, he does seem like uh, uh, okay. We Hanajima's got this like creepy aura. Let's just give that to her brother, and that's pretty much what it is. Like he's he's just just as uh, spooky. So good, right. good for Megumi. Right, right. Well, what like what his moral was basically again. Like, don't, like, basically he's criticizing doing things for the sake of love. Like, he's he says, don't cross the line. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you're entitled to them. Um, mm-hmm. So, my first question to you is, 
is what they have for Yuki love? Like, is that love? Like, do you see what they have as like that? Well, well, I I think the point there is to show that if they're doing the forcing, then it's not a true love. Because if it is a true love, then you wouldn't want. Then you would be considerate to the feelings of the other person. Whereas this is infatuation, where it's just like I want this, and you know, so it's more focused on yourself. Whereas, like, if you actually loved Yuki, then you would also pay attention to y- what Yuki needs, which is kind of what Toru is doing and paying attention to Yuki's emotional home, uh, needs, and that's why Yuki feels comfortable around Toru. So it's just a, it's just a, a, a diff. I think that there, um, the brother is just kind of highlighting the difference between what would actually be love and what these girls are doing, which is kind of just very superficial. Right, right, Michelle. Do you think it's love? Um, no. I mean, there there are many kinds of love, I guess. But yeah, I would agree. It's more of an infatuation. I mean, I think part of what's really funny about this is the the whole the rules of the Yuki fan club are like you can't you can't like insert yourself in in a closer way into his life at all. Like, you can't even call him by his first name until you're at least, like, a third-year student or something. <laughs> so, like, there's, there's by the very rules of the fan club, you can't be his friend, really. And if you right. can't be his friend, how would you ever get to know him and have a shot? And maybe, again, like, the whole, like, every, like half, like, over half the student body is, like, in this freaking fan club. And they, they want equal opportunity to admire him. And so... By nature of that, they have to have ground rules for all these things you're not allowed to do. But it also means like he's always going to be on this pedestal far away from them. Well, they'll, they'll never really get close to him because if any of the other members saw, they get super mad, just like they are with Toru. And she's not in the fan club, which is probably why she's able to do all these normal <laughs> things with him and they're freaking out. But I mean, I do like the idea that the brother is kind of questioning like, well, you're doing all these kind of hateful, bad things. Like, what would Yuki think of that? Like, what? Like, I think it's hilarious also that it's like, it hasn't occurred to these girls that if Yuki really likes Toru as a friend, them being cruel to Toru is the fastest way to make him dislike them actively. Like, he probably doesn't know them that much. He might be nice to them in a hallway, but if they're really mean to this friend of his, he's it's really going to get on his bad side. That seems like a kind of big oversight to me that they wouldn't have considered that. Yeah, yeah. And it's also interesting, you know, we've been talking, we, we talked earlier about like protecting and protect and like, and how and all that. And it's like, well, that's what they're doing is they're quote, protecting Yuki. And if anything, it's just the negative of protection, which is isolate, like, yeah. instead, they're actually isolating him. So in a way, the show is trying mm-hmm. to like critique this, in a way, it's also trying to critique protection, because it's saying it's when you are doing it, against the person's will it's not really anything but overbearing it's 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 um uh causing it's more claustrophobic than anything um yeah that's so, true and so, it's not really even protection as much as just smothering <laughs> right it's smothering that's like the word i was looking for um but there's also this interesting kind of thing where when he's giving the the kind of the moral of the episode um, we also get this other side of it, which is that Hanachan was jealous 
Like yeah. she she was she was experiencing her own thing. And I think this is where the weakness of the episode lies, which is like we don't like we don't see it. We don't really dig our teeth into it like we did with Uochan, right? We don't really dig our like we don't really see like her getting upset and it's I kind of in a way, in a way I like that she that that she kind of it's like it's very internal, it's very restrained, like she just keeps it to herself because that's the mature response that's the mature response to those and it, that is yeah because like it's a human thing to have those moments where you are like against your better judgment to to be jealous of something involving a friend and especially like with Toru like you know she before she had the somas she she was way more actively involved I assume in Uchan and Hanajima's lives Right. And they were really close friends and they really care about her. So yeah. I can I can totally buy why she's jealous because like even though she totally wants what's best for Toru and she understands like, you know, Toru lost her mom. She she needs like as much as she helps people, she really needs to have like a family unit to support her too. And the Somas are more or less giving her that. Um, but again, like, I feel like it's, I, I at least features don't really mind that we don't see her struggle so much because like, to me, that's like the healthy form of jealousy, right? Like the right. show is showing us like the negative, unhealthy form of jealousy that's like all consuming and just like turns kind of into hatred, h- hatred and like wanting to like hurt people versus like having these kind of moments of like acknowledgement, but not letting that overtake your better judgment. Because I think for for Hanajima to be like, yeah, like I am kind of jealous, but also Toto should be allowed to do what she wants with the, with the other people in her life that she wants. Like that shows a lot of maturity and and perspective, like wise perspective that I think is like kind of a nice counterexample to the other three girls. And I like it for that reason. Like yeah. I, I I believe that Hanajima has her like life. And stuff together enough to be able to compartmentalize her feelings this way in a way that these other girls can't really yet. And so I like, I don't know. I just like the juxtaposition of that. Like, here's a really bad way you can have jealousy. And here's like a kind of more constructive way that still sucks. But at least it's not going to like ruin your life and you're not going to obsess over it. You can still like do your own thing. No, totally. And I mean, I like what I, I you sold me with the whole just juxtaposition thing. I think that you're 100% right that that's what they're doing is showing the healthy way of dealing with jealousy versus the very extreme bad way of dealing with it. Um, but there but there is something worth talking about, which is like Toto kind of has abandoned them a little bit, though. You know, well, I think there well, is a kind. I mean, well, I don't mean uh, in terms of like I don't mean in terms of. Like this isn't like right after the uh, her uh, her mother's death, and she's like, I'm talking okay, like okay, she's got her home with the Somas, she's meeting all of them, whatever, and it's like, well, what? Like I don't know. I just think like if your friend's in trouble, like I get it that she's got work and stuff, and that's fine. I didn't mind with the work then she has. Oh, but then these little kids are also gonna come over later. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but your friends like go like if I feel like if they actually had gone the route of of um oh, we're going to go into the whole, like, how people have these preconceived notions of Hanajima and how that makes her feel and how, like, how she feels like an outsider because of the people thinking she's weird and whatever. If we had dived into that, then I would have wanted a little bit more of, like, yo, but totally, like, I guess, like, I don't know. I just personally, I'm like, look, if you're one of my best friends and, like, 
here is like people like literally targeting me because of the very uh because of the very thing that has for most of my life has made me isolated I kind of would want you would want you to care a little bit so I don't know I'm just kind of like yes this is like the healthy way but on a flip side I'm like I can also see how kind of I'd want Toru that for not to place the someone who probably she's been meeting up with all the time to place her friends first for once. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. But we should remember again when um when the initial when she invites like Ochan and Toru over, she does it very casually. Right. Um. She 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 doesn't make any sense of urgency. She's just kind of like Ochan's like, oh, like I'm, that sounds a little sketchy. Do you mind if I come over and check on you? She's like, yeah, sure. And then she kind of looks over at Toru. He's like. Do you want to do that too? And Toto's like, well, I have work. And she like lets it go, which like, again, they're close enough friends that it makes sense that Toru would eventually push back her, her work to come check on her because she is worried about it. Um, but again, like, I, I think like the thing with the jealousy that makes it such a good counter to the other girls is like, if they end up going down their path, like Yuki's going to straight up hate them. But I think the fact that Hanajima is like giving Toru options to choose and the fact that she does choose her at the end and she does come back to check on her of her own, own like volition also speaks to like the fact that their relationship is more healthy because like, yeah, she might not always come for her it when she needs it. But I, I get the impression that like, if Toru really knows a situation's concerning, she will still be there for her friend. And totally. I feel like the fact that she came through this time is, like, a good indication that she would again. Like, especially because, like, yeah, like, it, it's so subtle the way, like, Hanjima's like, nah, I'm not concerned. Like, it's fine. But, like, do you want to come over? Because, right. like, you really have to read between the lines there. And I feel like Toru did. But, yeah, it's just, like, that kind of stuff. But you you have to cipher out when you're friends with somebody if they if they aren't being super direct about potentially being in trouble about something. Right. Maybe I'm just thirsty for drama. I just wanted <laughs> well, this, a- this is a show for drama, so like you're not wrong to to thirst for it. You know, and you know, Uotan like had this whole like beautiful yeah. arc where we had all this juicy drama and there was friction, but it, it all worked out in the end and we have this like whatever. So I kind of was like okay, we're going to get it, and we didn't really... I don't know, I just kind of... The more I think about this episode, the more I'm like, it was just all so internal that I felt Mm -hmm. underwhelmed by it because it was all so internal from Hanajina's perspective. Like, her entire um, um, struggle this episode, she didn't voice to anyone. So it's like... Except um, her brother. Except her brother, but, like, it was more like... Yeah, except for her brother, but I I don't know. I just kind of, and it was like after the fact, right? After the whole like, you know, I don't know. I just kind of, I wanted, I wanted drama, and <laughs> we got a more like healthy version, which is great. But healthy is not the most entertaining. Well, and the <laughs> well, thing like, is, we get so much unhealthy stuff from everyone. I, I, I know. know. I mean, I, 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 know. When, I when I say unhealthy, I don't mean like okay. I need Akito levels of unhealthy from Hanajima. Just, like, I do not mean that. Struggles. I, and, I just mean yeah. like. Like, I just think, like, sometimes we are, the way that this show is being portrayed, we are getting, like, the most abusive cycle of trauma from the Somas. And then we get from, like, anyone close to Toru from pre-Soma era, except for, like, her family, because her, her, I'm still not over her aunt and uncle just, like, abandoning her. But 
I don't know, like from her friends, like we got insight into how Rocky was with, with Uo-chan. We've seen Uo-chan be imperfect. And then with Hanajima, it's like, yeah, like she felt jealousy, but like she dealt with it in a healthy way. She didn't like, you know, I think I'm more convinced that this is like great though then, right? Because like, think about Beatrice. If, if Uo-chan, if Uo-chan and Hanajima both have these tragic, not like tragic, but like very fraught backstories, then there's like no chill normal person to bounce off all the other craziness with the Soma family. Right. So maybe that's part of the reason Hanajima like stands out because like she she is relatively chill and collected and and smart about her own emotions and that's not something pretty much anyone else is right now in the show besides maybe Toru herself. And maybe right. that's, like, part of what makes her unique in this situation. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. Like, if a friend, like, I'm, I'm still in the, I'm still on the, on, on, on the ship of, of, if, a, if, if so, like, I don't think someone being like, yo, like, you've abandoned me. I don't think that's unhealthy. Like, un, no, like that's no, no. extreme. You yeah, know, I think that's, that's like a normal reaction needs. from a friend. Yeah. Even though she's very mature by, like, understanding her needs. I think... For her age range, she's very mature because most yes. people would be like, hey, I wish even like late, not even like at her age, I think even later in life, people would usually like be like, yo, you haven't really talked to me. So, you know, what's up? If you are like that close of friends. And I don't think that's unhealthy to want that and expect that from friends to expect well, that kind yeah, of. Yeah, for sure. I think like it's only like not mature if like you feel that way but then you don't tell them so they don't know that you need that from them but right right yeah totally and like and i think i think that's i think that's the line right if you like i think hanajima never gets mad at toru and i think that's it Mm -hmm. she never voices it so but she also doesn't get mad if you get mad at someone but you never voice it that's when it starts getting unhealthy yeah Whereas she she felt it, she dealt with it on her own, and Toto still. But then Toto came back anyway, and she's yeah, like, and you can, you can see anyway. her little like face of like, oh yay, <laughs> she, like, she's so cares she came about me. Oh, hooray! She was worried. Phew. You know, but it's like that to me. Yeah. Is like that to me. Like no offense to Toto, you know I love Toto, but that to me is like the fact that like this like you know the fact that Toto had I don't know for instead of just I don't know I don't know what I'm thinking I just think oh, that's fair I mean that I'm just Toto's not Hanajima for a moment I know and she's not perfect and this I think is an instance where you we do exactly. see like she that she has been placing a lot of emphasis on the somas mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. still and she's aware of it herself and she's aware yeah. of it and she's like you know what I'm gonna leave work early to go see you when I would have I personally would have rather been like Listen, little sheep boy, I'm going to take a break from you and I'm going <laughs> to see my friend Hanajima. That's what I wanted instead, to be perfectly honest. Because she still didn't put Hanajima before the Somas. She just put her before work, which I personally am like, that's not the smartest choice. Toto, you should have put her before the Somas, at least before the sheep boy, at least before him. But um, Alex, like, what is your kind of like take in all this? Do you, do, are you like a... Uh, um, Pleased with how Hanajima dealt with like this whole spurt. Um, where do you fall in this discussion? Well, I think uh, Michelle voiced most of what I wanted to say, which was that I think that it's a, a mature way of handling uh, this particular situation. And I, uh, I 
think that this, if I had to pick a favorite part of my episode, on uh, honestly, I think that this is my favorite part of like Hana Jima kind of uh, dealing with her with her emotions and like talking them out and and coming to a conclusion. Like all that feels very very real and very very weighty if for coming from her. I think that in wanting drama is is valid. But also, Hanajima is like the quiet character of the three. Like, so it makes sense that like she'd be the one to be more internal about her issues, like not not as willing to share them out loud. And also, she uses the word lonely in the middle of that, and that kind of hit me a lot because it makes sense as well that like for a long time toru and uochan have have been her her only friends right so now seeing toru finally make more friends and like sp- ha- now toru needs to balance this uh, spending time with a bunch of other people as well as having work obligations from 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 Hanajima's perspective, that's a bit complicated to handle because you yourself have had problems making friends in the past, and now your clo- one of one of your closest friends is is spending less time with you. So it's natural to to feel jealousy. Well, at the same time, like she does the mature thing. Of, well, look, I care about Toru. I want what's best for her, and if she is enjoying spending her time with other people, then I should be happy for her, and I should let her do those things. And uh, but uh, even so, even as Hanajima juggles her loneliness and like uh, entertains these uh, these people who are like. Uh, looking into her wave stuff kind of just because she's bored and wants to like do something different like that's like she's she's at least trying to you know to like do other things get her mind off of the off of the situation of like she has it in the back of her head that like toru is kind of slipping away but at the same time she has the faith that like the friendship is still there even if there's less time dedicated but toru will still care about hanajima and hanajima still cares about toru and that's uh, that's reinforced by the ending of the episode where toru sh- shows up and i think that maybe it would if toru hadn't showed up and hanajima still feels okay with it i think that that may have been even more powerful but it, toru showing up still does it serves as like reinforcement and uh, um admittedly like the final line was like my weakness will always be toru could like that's very, <laughs> that was very on the nose but also like you it know works. It, it, it works and it like it, it hammers home like th- this is hanajima's closest friend and that's why she has these complicated emotions but ones that she's work she's working through and one that the ones that she's thought about in the past and given them the the proper weight so i i just uh, i particularly enjoy the angle of dealing with someone who is kind of a loner and like has very few friends dealing with the fact that their few friends are kind of it's branching out and like how to how to handle that in in a way right right um and i will say not just in terms of like how two how two types of people deal with jealousy it's also how two types of people deal with love so you yeah. have Hanajima's love for Toru versus these girls quote love for Yuki and it shows you like the which one's actual love and which one is the phony one. Mm-hmm. Um so cute little thing. And when I say drama, I just maybe I didn't need like a confrontation. I just wanted I've been and this is something I've been wanting from the show. I want someone to sob. 
We like had them a lot. No, 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 no. We've had like tears, like a little tear here, the pretty crying, as I call it. No, I want snot. I want people to just wail. I don't know why, but this show has just been constant like tension, tension, tension. I'm like, I need some relief. I need someone to break down. I need it quick. I feel like in the in the Airchan episode, she was breaking down on that motorcycle ride. Yeah, 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 yeah but I want to hear it. You know, I want to hear <laughs> the whales. The you know, okay. I want to like, I want to, I want to feel it deep within my soul. Well, look, like, Hanajima is the them. least likely to do that on this right, show. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying, show like. I, I and I'm not saying I want it to be Todu, but like man, how painful would it be if it were Todu? Like it would just be so heartbreaking. I want to experience that heartbreak. I'm just Do you saying. Know who I want it to be yeah. like not in a mean way, but like no, of I course, want of it to be Kyo because like yes. Kyo is so tightly wound, but he's also super emotional. And I feel like yeah. if he reached a breaking point where he could really open up, because again, like I feel like Yuki's honestly better at opening up to Toru and being kind of more comfortable showing kind of his affection for her in his own way than Kyo still is. Um, maybe Kyo needs to get to like a real breaking point to really show that side of himself to Toru authentically. Uh, but like if we got there and he had like a big old cry, like that'd crush me a little bit, but also be like, wow, Okay, Kyo, like maybe this is some headway right here. And yeah, I'd let, right. I mean, that could, that could be something. I mean, on the flip side, like Yuki's always been like, this has this image of being put together, even when he clearly isn't. And has this like, he just, he wears his, unlike Kyo, who, yeah, is so tightly wound, but he wears his heart in his sleeve, right? You know in some what ways, he's yeah, doing. For With sure. Yuki, well, yeah, in some ways, again, we still don't know what's going on with Kyo and his curse, by the way. We <laughs> still don't know what's happening. Man. But but with That's Yuki, so he, he he does, like, thrive on keeping distance with people, and he's working towards getting rid of that, and Todu keeps breaking his walls, and he's getting closer and closer. But, like, imagine seeing him. Like, we've seen him, like, traumatized. We've seen what, what Aikido's done to him. Imagine seeing, like, him just completely, his mask just completely shatter, and just him just not being put together and not having any control and just like i'm just saying that's like juicy juicy <laughs> drama right there i mean i like if okay so it's just like a this is a tangent obviously for us at this point but like the difference between kyo breaking down and yuking dif- breaking down like i do think there are some things interestingly to consider here because like to me I, f- I think like if yuki reached that kind of breaking point I could honestly see him like more scared mm-hmm. than like sobbing, but right. I can see like Yuki, like um, Kyo, like super sogging, like those big right. giant tears right. and like yeah. snot coming out of his nose. And like, I feel like I'm only getting those vibes because of just like how their personalities and ha- have been presented to us up to this point. Cause I feel like Yuki, like when we see him in those flashbacks uh, and we kind of get a sense of like what happened with him with Akito, he's always like kind of shut down and reserved and quiet and like kind of almost like dead inside from the situation. Whereas like Kyo gets like so hot headed and riled up when he's feeling a strong emotion. That's why I think like he'd be more likely to just like do angry, loud crying but I mean, honestly, it'd be interesting if that wasn't true for either of them and it was like the oh, opposite. Man. But yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. 
I mean, I just think it would be more uh, unsettling to see yes. Yuki sob than it would unsettled. be for Kyo, right? And it would be more unsettling for Kyo to just kind of be, like, just shut down and, like... Right, because that's not how he normally is That's not is how he is, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just like, what can I do to feel the most uncomfortable and depressed? <laughs> and that is it. Oh, man. Well, maybe I'm we'll just, get it. Maybe we'll get one more. I mean, maybe, but that won't be for a while. I don't think we're going to get it in this season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, okay, so I guess this is, like, the final question, which is... Um, Will, I mean, Michelle, you already theorized that these girls are just like creating the curse on themselves. It's all yes, absolutely. So they're like, there's no chance that we'll see them like growing like fungus on their toes or something in the near future. But <laughs> if they grew fungus on their toes because they weren't showering because they were so scared of the curse, <laughs> well, then it just happened anyway because they're all dirty. And then they bleep anymore, and then it gives be more fungus because then they wouldn't have time to shower because oh, they're too man. scared. Oh man, um, Alex, do you wish for like a curse, or do are are you on this like boat of just like I want them to shoot themselves in the foot? Yeah, I just want it to be like, oh, this is an ending joke. Okay, good. Now I don't have to think about these girls for a while. Can we like? Go to other stories, please. I don't. I don't want us to like spend, like go like three episodes down the line. It's like, oh hey, by the way, remember those girls? Let's look at their curse. Like I don't know. I'm I'm good with this. Just this interpretation of it's just uh, Hanajima and her brother teasing them uh, to like freak them out even more. Like that seems trolly enough and fitting with them that I'm I'm good with it. Gotcha, gotcha. I will say there were also there was also a group of three girls in the Uchan episodes that weren't that important. That were just really there for comic relief, but they played a very small part of the of that arc. They were there, but they played like a they were just there enough. Whereas you know it was those like gr- that gang of girls, but it was like the new one that's like now is in love with uh, Uchan. Whereas mm-hmm. with this one, it's like they were very present. Yeah, if so, if this ends up being a two-parter, then yes, they'll show up no matter what, right? But like, I guess like I'm not as sold that this that um that Hanajima will get a second part to this, but if she does, then I, I guess yeah, you'd have to bring them back. No, but I'm saying I, even if they don't come back, they're still were on screen way more than the other girls from like the the kind of their parallel characters in the Uochan episodes. Like, even if this is the only episode we get with uh, Hanajima, like, when you compare their screen time and importance of the plot to the other girls, like, it's, like, vastly more. Like, I feel. So it just kind of shows that, like, you know, if we don't care about these characters, it hurts the quality of the episode. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that's kind of what what hurt this episode because like we already we already kind of knew these characters since like they've been in the background for a while, but like mm-hmm. the, they were been joke characters. So like pushing them to be the main the main instigators here like was you know it was a jump. Yeah, I feel like actually going. I think I many much of my reservations of the episode would have been better if we had taken taken some time to focus on kind of sh- went from like what was happening at uh, Hanajima's house to like maybe Uochan, not Uochan, sorry, a Toru like at work and being like feeling guilty or like being like, oh, I'm worried about it. If we had seen maybe that, then maybe I wouldn't have as many reservations about this. If we had also seen Toru's side, what Toru was going through while all this was happening. 
But then also when she shows up at the end, it's also that night that much nicer because we don't know what's going to happen. So that's, I don't know, give and take. Um, but yeah, that's it for the podcast. Do you have any closing thoughts on this episode or have we said our piece? Um, I'll say that I, uh, I, I don't always enjoy Fruits Basket uh, going like uh, very zany with its animation, but I think in this episode it that works pretty well. Like it opens with this whole fantasy sequence of them going right. through the haunted house and there's a crow and in the cemetery, and then like uh, at the end when they're running out of the house, they kind of the, the girls are kind of drawn like stick figures running away. Yeah. So like uh, I, I think that at least in this episode that when they decided to go funny with the animation, it actually does work. Also, at the end, when like she's apologizing to Yuki, and it's like little cartoon forms right. in the corners, so that, that was also pretty good. So I, I enjoyed the those little details that, that they threw in. Actually, the castle reminded me a lot of like Castlevania style. It was like, oh, that, that was a good show. I should watch that again. But like because of like how spooky and well drawn it was, so. Uh, yeah, and uh, Kisa and Hero are brought up again. I was not here for your guys' uh, kid bashing, but I will say that uh, kids are not fun when they're being mean to older people. <laughs> but sheep are good. Sheep are good yes, animals. Thank yeah. you, so, Alex. Sheep are the devil. Sheep are no! creepy. They are creepy. And Can we like when... compromise and just say like goats aren't that great, but like sheep are okay. How about that? <laughs> their I, eyes I... are creepy. <laughs> it's not their fault though. Just, and they got I'm, all the, all the like, around their saying, eyes yeah, so it doesn't look blowing. as strong. Like, I'm not saying it's their fault that their eyes are creepy. I'm just stating the <laughs> fact that their eyes are creepy. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not blaming them for their mean, eyes. I'm just but like. like the the mice. Okay, um, Michelle, do you have any kind of closing thoughts on this episode? Despite it's outside of defending sheep. Yeah, I'm very I'm I'm very blindsided by the sheep discourse. I do think we're getting another Hanajima episode because I like swear I heard her voice at the end of the last episode. So like I feel like maybe maybe it's another two parter and maybe this is where we get a flashback. But, I mean, having talked this through, I have, like, more respect for Hanajima. Like, I always liked Hanajima, but I do, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't obvious what this episode was doing, but I do think, like, it said a lot of interesting things about, like, yeah, like, good and bad ways to love someone, good and bad ways to deal with jealousy and having things not go your way. And, like, honestly, like, to- it-, it shows totally, like, maybe for the first time, like, not being able to have her cake and eat it too because there's only so many hours in a day and so many people she can see and that has some consequences and even though Hanajima like loves her and and understands like she is still hurt by the fact that she can't be as centered in her life anymore as one of her closest friends and like that's also validated here so I think like that's kind of nice too it's nice to finally get that um like you just like sometimes things don't work out even with like your close friends who you do care about and like that's real that's a real life thing so yeah i think this was a pretty okay episode i mean again like the three main girls just being in it for so long and we like don't even like them the show gives us no reason to like them and they're like most of the episode makes it not as fun as other episodes but definitely better than the last couple so there's that I'm curious to think, like, maybe, like, the show thinks we're supposed to sympathize with them because Yuki is that great of a 
of like someone that of course you would adore him so of course we understand and maybe the episode's like haha we can't we got you because you think that's good but it's actually not but because we don't sympathize at all because we're aware that that's a bad way to like they're always you, someone not only that but they're always just so antagonistic right Tartu's Tardu. never ever like given them a reason outside of literally being Yuki's friend for them to reasonably dislike her so I feel like we we already go in being like oh no them again is this gonna be some boy drama and of course it is boy drama right right totally all right so that does it for us um you can find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com you can join us on discord to text chat about animation at overlyanimated.com slash discord you can support us via patreon at patreon.com slash overly animated thanks to all our current patrons especially our patron of the podcast ryan aka brian and thanks as always to our patreon executive producers ryan steve alex beatrice hugh michael and needle thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time bye bye bye